Hi, and welcome to the research room, a space to make research by the people for the people. And today we have another episode of Falsifiable Fridays. And before I begin, I do want to say a quick note. And uh, this note says that I want to dedicate this month to societal issues that are still plaguing women. It is both amazing that we have had so much progress and yet unfortunate that we were in a, a place that needed that progress in society. But that is the reality. It doesn't have to be, however. We can live in a world where future generations truly do not have to worry about the struggles of our modern day society. I'm positive other sectors of society will be celebrating the wins that we've had so far. But I want to use this space to talk through the issues that still remain. And I want to do that for two different reasons. One is that that's how I think that I can best uh, contribute to this conversation and be a force for change. And two, because I do not want to get stuck in the false narrative that our work is done. Our work is not done. And as someone who isn't a woman, I think that truly means that my work is not done. We still have a lot of work to do. In the next four weeks, I want to go over some issues that involve psychology. In some ways, um, to uh, spread awareness and ultimately get to an actual actionable way to change these circumstances. And so with that, I'll go ahead and get into the, uh, the episode. So the finding that I'm gonna talk about today, um, I'll, I'll lay it out pretty clearly. And I'm gonna actually just like pause for a little bit and like let you think about it. Cause I think there's a lot of different thoughts <laughs> that can come from it. So the finding here is that generally speaking, men are more successful when it comes to um, professors in research-oriented universities that have clinical psychology programs. So within that program, they tend to be more successful than women. And so I wanna pause because I am genuinely curious about what you think about that. Is there a reason for it? Is it just kind of random that that has occurred? Is there an actual uh, difference in ability between men and women? Is it because of other circumstances? What's the actual reason for why this occurs? Why did this finding happen? And I would say, I mean, I, I believe this finding. Um, the methods here were, were great. <laughs> um, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's... Um, possible to like question on its face what these findings are. I, I of course will spin these findings in some different ways. I have questions, <clears throat> but as far as um, what it means to be successful uh, by psychology standards and by academic standards, that is the case. Um, all the metrics that were used in this, um, in this study they were all the ones that we care about as a field, um, generally speaking. It's the things that are gonna get you 
more money. It's the things that are going to get you more prestige and things like that. Um, so all these like metrics of success. Um, men tend to be more successful. So you might have had a chance to think about this a little bit. Maybe you've already thought about this prior to me saying that. Maybe this is something that you're aware of. Maybe it's something that um, you've looked into before. Maybe it's something that you go through in your day-to-day -day life and you obviously, you have it on your mind. Whatever the reason is, I'm sure that there is probably some reflection of truth, whether that is your own perception or like some objective reality of truth. There's some truth to it. <laughs> um, but uh, we do need to figure out why is it actually happening so that we can change it if changes is warranted, right? Um, I imagine it is, uh, just given <laughs> what I know about uh, structural barriers and all the other things that might go on with a finding like this. So, um, I guess I will say that like, I don't have any actual answers here. Um, this is really meant to spread awareness of what is happening. This is meant to hopefully get you thinking, um, but I don't have any concrete answers. There are plenty of potential answers, but I don't have any concrete answers here. Um, I will also say that I'm going to be using some terms, probably. If I do use these terms, this is what I mean by them. So let me just list them out here first before I get um, more into what these findings actually mean. So if I ever say the word pr productivity, um, what I mean here, and this is all based off of the research, um, so uh, what is meant by productivity is just how many papers did uh, that person have, whether man, woman, whatever, um, how many papers were actually published. <laughs> Um, impact that is going to be um, in this case. I mean, it's something called H index. That what that actually means doesn't really matter. All you really need to know is that. Um, well, one you might know if you're watching this, but um, if you don't know what, what an H index is, um, you can just kind of think of it as how many other people are citing you. Um, it's how much, I mean, they use impact because if your paper is being cited and it's being referenced, that must mean that you are having more impact on the field because more people are talking about your work and they're building off of it and things like that. So um, there's that, there is advancement. Advancement in this case will mean um, how long it takes to get to each different stage um, as a professor. Um, there are three main stages that you might um, have as a tenure track professor. And so what that means is you can be an assistant professor. That's the beginning kind of stage. That's your, your first title um, as a professor. Um, you then work your way to tenure. Um, that means that you um, have a permanent spot actually um, at the table. Um, and with that, usually um, it doesn't happen like in the exact same moment, but um, you become an associate professor that's like a mid-level um, professor. And then um, you also work your way to full professor, which is kind of the last like stage um, here. And um, so, um, yeah, this is looking at how many years it took 
to get from assistant to tenured professor, and then from an associate professor to full professor. And then um, the last thing here is prestige. Um, prestige in this case will mean um, sometimes professors have fancy titles and uh, if they have a fancy title that means they are more prestigious so one example of that might be a department or a university uh, might call a professor a distinguished professor they might have another like fancy name that goes along with that um, if someone has that title they are more prestigious and so kind of like i said Basically, at, at any of these stages, you'll find that men are more successful. They have more productivity or more impact or more um, faster advancement, things like that. So as far as the actual findings, um, there are a few that I want to point out. Um, I won't necessarily go into a lot of detail on all of these things. Um, they are available elsewhere, as always. Um, but I just kind of want to say them also to like help get you thinking about everything that's happening here. So um, first is that in general, psychology at this point in time is more uh, woman dominated uh, as, as the field goes. And I mean dominated as in there are more likely to be women in the field rather than men. Not to say that there aren't men, there's plenty of men still, but um, especially as time continues, uh, more and more women um, are, are there in, at, and growing at a faster rate. So uh, the, like the current statistic is that for every three women um, grad students that there are, you'll have one uh, man as a, a grad student. So um, yeah, you can see it's definitely in favor uh, of women. But that being said though, uh, the people that are in the positions of like power um, tends to still be more uh, men than women that is going to change over time. And that's also like exactly why we need to like be looking at these kinds of things um, to see what is actually happening. Um, <clears throat> so this study also ended up looking at um, specifically uh, clinical psychology programs. So this may not actually end up being the case in all programs. I imagine it is the case in a lot of programs. Um, and to varying degrees, some fields will have it much worse than clinical psychology and some will have it better. Um, the point remains though, that like this does happen. Um, so uh, I'll also say why I really do believe these findings is because the authors here, they went through every single uh, university possible, every single um, program possible that has uh, an APA accredited clinical psychology program. Uh, that is considered a research university. There are other types of universities, maybe it doesn't happen there, um, but anything that would be considered a research-oriented one, um, this would be an R1 institution, which just means that, I mean, a lot of their funding is coming from research, um, and that's the thing that's like progressing you. It's not necessarily teaching, it's not necessarily other things that might go on with the position. Um, let's see, so, uh, yeah, that's that's why I I, uh, I think that these findings really are true, um, at, at least as far as like the way that they measured it, and like I have a whole like point uh, on measurement um, for what it means to be successful or not. Right, um, those metrics can change, but um, as it stands, yes, that's what it is. Um, the other thing is that um, this research um, paper 
they didn't end up looking at any intersectional identities. Um, they really left it at if you are a man or if you're a woman. And also like within that, right? Like, I mean, there's so much other diversity there, but um, they left it at if you're someone who identifies as a man, if you're someone who identifies as a woman. Um, and they also look at a lot of uh, race ethnicity um, factors, sort of, I guess, even that is like not necessarily, um, they kind of just broke it up as uh, either you are white or not white. And I mean, that's for a good reason because it's so, so, so predominantly still a white field. Um, mostly in 88% of professors um, within clinical psychology are white. So just for like statistical purposes, they had to break it up by white, not white. Um, I'll say the other percentages here. So it was also 4% uh, black professors, 4% Asian professors, 3% Hispanic uh, professors, and then 0.2% anything else. Um, and so we can see it's a very small amount of people um, that we have to like really make conclusions off of. And that's why they wouldn't want to do something like that. Um, so at the very least, we can make that kind of line between white and not white. I'm not going to focus on those findings here. Um, those are elsewhere. Um, I really want to focus on the gender inequality uh, stuff for here. Um, I will say a very quick note, though, that like, what we see here for um, the gender inequalities, I imagine, are only that much more true when you start adding on these other layers of identity. Um, but I mean, research could actually show that. And I'll leave that for whenever that paper comes out. Um, cool. Okay, so the actual findings. Um, so what they did with it was they broke it up into three different levels. They have the assistant professor findings, they have the associate professor findings, so people after tenure, and then the full professor findings. Um, what they actually found was that the assistant professor level is that men and women had equal publications and equal impact. I mean, of course, there are going to be some differences, but like they were not um, large enough differences. They're not reliable enough. They're not uh, meaningful enough um, for the people to make something of it. On average, they are the same. When it comes to the other two levels, though, um, the associate level and for the full professor level, there are definitely differences. So when it comes to um, publications, um, associate professors that are men, they tend to have more publications than uh, um, professors that are women. Same goes for impact. Um, there is more impact when it comes to um, professors that are men versus professors that are women. And then also men had fewer years to get tenure. So they advanced a little bit quicker than um, professors that are women. Why? We don't know. Uh, I'm sure someone knows. I'm sure people do know. But according to research, we don't actually know. And then um, for full professors, same pattern. Um, we see that uh, men tend to have more publications and also more impact. Um, they don't necessarily advance to full professor um, any earlier, um, and they don't necessarily have more prestige. Um, those titles do end up having, um, uh, like they are just as frequent for women as they are for men. Okay, so those are the, the findings. Um, I have questions <laughs> about the findings, as, as usual. Um, the most important is, what does this mean for you? 
um, what does it mean to you, right? These, the, this is reality. What do you make of it? And that's all those questions that I had at the beginning. Is there something inherently different about men and women and their skill and what they're bringing to these departments? Is it something else? Is there something about how, um, how the system is structured? Is it something about workplace harassment? Is it something about um, the kinds of connections that you're able to make uh, depending on your gender? Is it the way that people perceive you depending on your gender? There's just so many things that it could potentially be, right? And I mean, this research doesn't go, go into that. So it really is an open question. What do you make of this, this finding? There is plenty of other literature out there that could direct us uh, and point us in the right directions, but it would be an assumption if we applied those findings to this situation. We don't actually know until we, we look into it. So what, what does this mean to you um, that this difference occurs? And then um, I'm also very curious about, is it truly... How can how, I guess how do we interpret these findings? Is it really that every man tends to just do a little bit better, or is it much more that like maybe there's just a few men that are really 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 doing well according to the system, and those men are kind of skewing the results. If you got rid of those men at the top, which I mean I don't remember the exact statistics, but like of the like top seventy five like professors that are out there as far as their, their publications and their impact and things like that. Um, of the top, a very small amount are women, um, like the, the absolute top uh, of professors. And so I imagine there's quite a bit of skew that's happening because of that. It's not that 50% uh, are, are uh, available there. It's, it's really that, I mean, it is male dominated in that sense. Um, and so is it that the people that are doing well, the men that are doing well, that they're just doing so, so, so much better. Um, and I, I really want to put all these in just quotes that they're doing better, um, because of the next point that I'm going to be saying, but, um, yeah, I mean, what, what is it? Is it that, uh, just on average, any kind of professor that is a man, will have maybe one more publication, maybe they have um, a few more citations or whatever. <clears throat> or is it that uh, for the most part it's equal, but then there's some men uh, that are professors that end up doing just that much better. And so it looks like on average men do better. I don't know, <laughs> um, I don't have an answer, but that is, that is uh, the question. And then um, the last question that I have, and this is probably the biggest one, is if we measured this in different metrics, would we have the same story? So like I was saying in the beginning, we have metrics within academia for what is success and what's not success, what is going to get you tenure, what's going to get you promotions and things like that. There's more to the story though. Professors do a lot of things. There's a lot that's happening when you're a professor. It is not just you, you get to sit and write papers and you, maybe you teach a little bit and then you call it a day. There's a lot that happens um, when you, as in that position as a professor. And because there are so many choices that people can make, 
we can't just, I mean, we do, but we can't and we shouldn't be um, highly, highly valuing some of the impact that people are making and completely devaluing the other parts of impact that people are making. So what, what do I mean by that? There, um, even, even just in the case of teaching, right? You can be the worst teacher <laughs> as a professor at a research-oriented university. This might not apply to other universities, but when it is a research-oriented university, you could be the absolute worst of professors and still climb through the ranks. Your teaching evaluations don't matter. What your students think of you don't necessarily matter. I mean, I, I'm sure they loom over you in some sort of way. They are probably a thought at some point by the chair of the department or other members of your department. But really, at the end of the day, that's not what either holds you back or gets you tenure or a full professorship. So I do wonder, is there a difference? Is there a gender difference here? Do uh, professors that are men, are, are, what is their student evaluation like compared to professors that are women? Is it the case that maybe women are not getting as many publications because they are prioritizing their students, these people that are right in front of them that are paying a lot of money to be at these research-oriented uh, universities. They tend to be the most prestigious of universities in the world. So what's happening? What's happening there? Um, what about if we got just like reports from their own students? So like um, there's the undergraduate students, there's also the graduate students that um, professors will be overseeing. And so the people that they are mentoring I wonder what they would say. I wonder if they would say um, that my advisor, who is a woman, she is doing amazing, um, amazing work that maybe it doesn't translate to 10 papers. Maybe it's just one great paper. That's going to be different, right? Um, it's going to look a lot different. And the metrics that we have right now they don't necessarily account for that. They do to some degree, but like not really. And so if we just had these other reports from their students, I wonder what the difference would be, if any, between genders. Maybe, maybe men are prioritizing their own personal work more than um, uh, professors that are women. We don't actually know, right? <laughs> but um, I wonder what would be the case here. I also wonder about things like how much money are you getting from grants? That could be easily another source of like success. Maybe, maybe men get more grants, but maybe women get more high impact grants. Who knows? Um, someone knows <laughs> and then positive somebody knows, but that is not research that's out there. Not yet. Um, so is there any um, reliable difference here? And does that then change? Who is more successful, who's not successful? What about other things that are not research related? Um, like how much impact you're just having on the campus itself. Maybe that impact is um, literally empowering some people to also get higher education and to stick, uh, stick with it, um, to actually get their bachelor's degree, to then pursue a master's or a doctorate of some sort, maybe a professional school. 
there's that kind of impact. There's also like other impact about like who's fighting for students' rights. Is it going to be more men that are fighting for students' rights, or is it more women that are fighting for students' rights? I don't know, um, but I imagine that it, it, there's probably some sort of difference, and then that difference would also reflect on success because you are now prioritizing the students on campus rather than your own work. None, none, none of this is to say that like one is a better option than the other, but they both have merits. They both also take time and energy and resources. And so what is actually being prioritized here is also the idea of who's having more real world impact. And so the idea just because people are having many papers published doesn't mean that those papers are now translating to something um, within society that actually matters. There's plenty of research out there that uh, uh, they are great, innovative um, papers, I'm sure, but also they fall short of making any kind of real world impact, maybe somewhere down the line. It could, but it's not as readily um, translatable to real-world impact. Is there gender difference there? And so, especially if you're trying to do these real-world impact sort of papers, that's a lot harder. That's a lot harder to do um, than if you're just continuously running studies in a lab that may or may not actually translate to the real world the time it takes to get community members on, on board compared to university students who usually need research credit for their classes or might just be really interested because like it's in their face compared to community members who are living their lives. And I mean, we're, we think that research might impact them, but like we don't actually know unless they are a part of the studies, right? So, What's happening there? Is there a difference in just the type of methodology that's being used, the kinds of like topics that are also being covered? If you are trying to do research on, let's say, um, well, I don't know, like domestic violence um, or like sexual abuse, it's going to be very, very hard to get people and enough people to come into your studies if you're compared to somebody who is just like doing something on like memory right? Like just memory in general, that everyone <laughs> has memory. <laughs> everyone has some something uh, that either looks like it or really looks kind of off about it. Um, there's, there's so many uh, more people that you could potentially sample from and ask questions about and like things like that. And so I also imagine there's just more people that like are willing to do it because it's not like this taboo sort of thing. Memory is memory and people are okay with it for the most part. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's those, those kinds of ideas as well. And is there a gender difference between who is approaching these other very, very, very impactful sort of like um, the constructs and psychological phenomenon? compared to other things that are like, I mean, yes, they're important. And yes, they happen with everyone, but also what are you doing with it? And also, um, yeah, I mean, who, who's actually taking part in these studies? So um, that's, that's another consideration. 
Um, what if success could easily just be something else entirely? The idea of like resilience, right? If we had to count the amount of people that, uh, and the amount of like stressors that people are facing, what if success was literally just, I got through more things than you did? It doesn't matter what the end outcome was. I'm literally still here. <laughs> um, and that in it itself is success. If it is the number of harassment cases that you've had to have, whether that is um, actually reported or not, just the amount of harassment that you've had to go through, I wonder if there's a gender difference there and if that could also be implemented in this metric of success. Because you can imagine if you're someone who is also being harassed day after day, week after week, that's also going to take a, a toll on your productivity. That's going to maybe change the ways in which and um, how quickly you might want to advance through the ranks. It might change who uh, stigmatizes you. If you're somebody who is constantly calling out harassment, if you're someone who's constantly bringing up cases um, of actual experienced harassment, <clears throat> I really imagine that that's going to have some sort of impact on all these other work factors, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, it's probably, I imagine. So, I mean, I said a lot <laughs> there. Um, I, I said a lot and um, honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm not just saying these things. Like I'm saying them because they actually matter. They actually have some sort of like difference that could be made for any of these findings that I um, have talked about, those findings still stand. That can be true and also all these other things can be true. And so I wonder how these things would change if we were to change the ways in which we, we thought of success. Even if, if not that, we still have plenty of questions to, to grapple with when it comes to the current measures of success. And why is it the case that there's differences? So I'm going to leave it there for today. Um, I think there's, there's enough to think about here. But I hope that you you think about this. I hope that maybe maybe even tell someone else and like you, you talk about these kinds of things, these things that are happening right in front of your face, basically. Why is it happening? Do we make something of it? Is it important? I think yes. So um, that's going to be it for today. Uh, I'm going to continue this kind of conversation, but in other areas um, throughout the rest of this month. So if you're interested, feel free to check out our website, which is roomforresearch.com, as well as social media. Um, I go into a lot more detail on these findings and what else to make of them. And um, yeah, you can, you can see this all in full anywhere else uh, and that's going to be at room for research um, on any social media that you can find us on so until next time um, I, I i hope that uh, something here um, either resonates with you or causes you to to think a little bit different about what's happening and i'll see you next week bye for now i